Good morning, church. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 23. We're in a series in the book of Psalms. You know, the book of Psalms has 150 Psalms, and we're able only to look at five of them. So I encourage you, hopefully you're reading through them on your own. And uh, many of them are written by David, and uh, who is king in the Old Testament there. Um, and even before he became king, when he was still a shepherd boy. Today we're looking at Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the, the classic psalm that many people know, the Lord is my shepherd. And really it's a psalm of confidence. There, there are psalms of lament, uh, like we looked at last Sunday, Psalm 22. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever kind of prayed that kind of prayer, cried out that kind of cry where it's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's, it's normal in the Christian life to go through those ups and downs and face all those difficulties and trials of life. Uh, and then we also looked at Psalm 1, which was a, a prayer for happiness. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but sits and you know, it delights in the law of the Lord. And, and so we talked about a prayer for happiness, a prayer for when you feel abandoned, Psalm 22. And today, a psalm of confidence, a psalm of confidence, a prayer for confidence. So my hope today is, is that you are going to realize that you can live life confidently, have a true confidence. Are you truly confident or are you just pretending? Deep down inside, are you really confident? You know who you are, you know what you are, you know whose you are, and you have a, a sense of deep-rooted confidence in your life, or are you kind of just faking it? I've been doing some reading lately uh, about you know, our society and our culture, and the experts tell us that, that so many people, we live in a culture now where we feel obligated to project confidence. I, I know who I am, and I know what my direction is, and I know what life is about, and, but deep inside I really am insecure. And you're wondering what the people really think of you. Am I really making a difference? Why do, why do my mood swings change so much just based on even little things in, in, in the circumstances of life? In fact, I, I, I want to ask you a couple questions just so you can evaluate your, your own level of confidence. Are you overly defensive? Are you overly defensive? When someone has even a, a helpful criticism, a constructive criticism, or they have something, do you just kind of, oh, you get so defensive? How do you handle criticism? Do you tend to withdraw when things don't go your way? Do you just start feeling so down, so depressed, so negative, and you just kind of, whoosh, just kind of withdraw? Do you pretend to know things that you really don't know? Where, where you just feel like you have to have all, all the answers. How you answer those will help you understand if you have a true deep-rooted confidence where you don't have to impress others, you don't have to have all the answers. When other people criticize you, you can go, hmm, maybe you're right. Thank you. Because you have a deep-rooted kind of, of confidence. We see here in Psalm 23 that David was a man of confidence. Like us, he, you know, being human, he had his ups and downs, his, his sins. In fact, if you know David's story in the Old Testament, he could sin big time and mess up, just like you and me. But overall, his life was a life lived with confidence. Let's see, see how he did it. Psalm 23 
And I encourage you to pray this psalm every day this week. Would you do this? Every each day this week, I want you to read through Psalm 23 and make it your own prayer. Make it your own declaration of confidence that the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, let's look at it. Just six verses long. Let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone says, Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? It's a declaration. It's it's an act of worship. And notice how David starts off. The Lord is my shepherd. Imagine David. He grew up as a young shepherd boy. And, and, and as a teenager, he's out in the pastures, and he is literally a shepherd. He has a flock of sheep, and he's responsible. So he knows what it is to guide them to green pastures, to safe water. He knows what it is to, to be responsible for them and to protect them and to guide them and, and keep them safe. And in somewhere along his journey, he looks up to the heavens and he realizes, wow, just as I am to shepherd these sheep and care for these sheep, the Lord is my shepherd. He has this declaration of confidence. He has a deep awareness and trust that the Lord is his shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd? Can you really say with David, the Lord is my shepherd? You know, I've told you before that my mother died in 1999 at the age of 60 from a stroke, and I was just 40 years old at the time. And now I'm 59, and I'm looking at 60. And it's like, whoa, it's kind of a a sobering thought. My mother was a Christian. She took my two sisters and and me to church all the time. And I can remember sitting in a church service there in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania there, not too far off of I-80. And and, and I'm sitting there in church. And uh, actually, I think there was a guest speaker that day, uh, Pastor Dale Oldham. And he was kind of famous back in that day, a traveling speaker. And he came and and and. I, I, I don't remember much of the service. I don't remember the sermon. Doesn't that make you feel better? And, uh, but at the end of the service, we had this song of response, and God spoke to me. I mean, God spoke to me, 11-year-old boy that was hardly paying attention during the worship service. But God's not audible, not, not an actual like human voice, but I just had an awareness. I had a sense that God is speaking to me right now. And he basically said, Craig, I love you. I am your God, and I want to be your Savior. I want to be your shepherd. I want you to receive me into your life. And I did. That day, 11-year-old boy, I received the Lord as my shepherd. And ever since that day, whatever else I am, I've had this strong sense of identity that I am 
the Lord's sheep. He, the Lord is my shepherd. I am his and he is mine. I know who I am. So whatever else I may be, yes, I'm a husband. Yes, I'm a father. Yes, I'm a grandfather. Yes, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon United States American citizen. Whatever also might be a part of my identity and who I am. Above all that, through all that, under all that, more important than all that is my identity. I know who I am. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you have that deep-rooted sense of identity? You know who you are. You know whose you are. And you have that sense of stability in your life. Is the Lord your shepherd? I've been doing some reading about our society and our culture and all the chaotic changes that are going on so fast. And, And I've been reading especially about the millennials. You know, the millennials are basically ages 18 to 30, 31, 32. That, that age range in there through the 20s, basically. And there's some characteristics of each generation. You know, we're all just human beings and we all are so similar in so many ways. But each generation seems, seems to have some uniqueness to it because of just what's going on in the world and all the pressures. And, and the experts are saying that, that one of the biggest challenges for the millennials today is that they struggle with confidence. They struggle with, with confidence. Now, again, we all struggle with confidence. I think we've always struggled. With, but for whatever reasons, it's intensified in this younger generation today. And the question is why? And you can imagine there's all kinds of theories, but I think a good case can be made that is that millennials struggle with, with confidence primarily because they're struggling with their identity. I mean, who, we're living in such a chaotic time, socially, politically, technologically, every way. The old paradigms are disintegrating. And everything is changing and cultures are mixing and clashing and knowledge is exploding. And it, it's an exciting time, but, it, but it's a, a confusing time. And especially the millennials. The younger people, they're growing up in a time where the world is telling them that you can reshape your identity into anything you so desire. They're told very boldly, don't you let anybody define you. Don't you let anyone shape your identity. You have to follow your own desires. You have to follow your own feelings. You have to figure out for yourself who you are and what your identity is. And and that sounds so wonderful and it sounds so freeing, but actually it can be quite scary. It can be frightening. And so we have so many people wandering around today trying to find themselves. And they're basically asking, who am I? What am I? Am I really just a collection of chemicals that, uh, you know, evolved by accident and here I am? Is that what I am? Am I, am I somehow stardust that, and I'm mystically one with the universe and somehow everything is just amazing and wonderful? What, what am I? Who am I? And almost nothing is off limits as you try to find your identity. If you don't like your gender, you can re-identify. If you don't like your spouse, you can just go get another spouse and you identify better with. In fact, you can even redefine marriage and identify with whoever or how many ever you want to. And it's and it sounds so freeing and it sounds so wonderful. 
But listen, the reality is there is a Lord who is your shepherd. And he made you and he designed you. And you will never truly be free until the Lord is your shepherd. So I ask you, is he, is he your shepherd? Did you know that anxiety and panic attacks are on the rise? And, and, and it's, this is fascinating. I mean, of course, it's, it's sad, but, but it's also fascinating at several levels. Because the fact is, is that we are living in the most prosperous and safe society that's ever been. And yet we have such a sense of terror and panic and anxiety. And the experts even debate, why is this? Why are people so nervous? Why are people so upset? Why are people so anxious? Because if you look at the statistics, and all, it, it, we live in, in like the, the safest, uh, most prosperous society ever. Why? Why do people feel so anxious and upset? Could it be, at least partly, that it's harder than ever to figure out who you really are. Because the old paradigms are breaking down and everybody's telling you, you've just got to figure out for yourself who, what you are. And so it's really hard to have a sense of stability, a sense of rootedness, a sense of substance that you know who you are. See, your identity is simply what you believe about yourself. It's, you have to answer that question, who am I? So I ask you, do you know who you are? And let me tell you, you will only find freedom, real freedom comes when you realize there is a Lord. He made you, He designed you, He's creator, He's king. And only when you make the Lord your shepherd Will you find real freedom? I ask you, is the Lord your shepherd? Is your identity rooted, based in him? Jesus said in John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus came to give you life and so you can have it to the full. He went on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, Psalm 23, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then in the New Testament, Jesus says, hey, David was really writing about me. I am that good shepherd. Come, Jesus says, follow me. Be my sheep. Make me your shepherd. I will guide you. See, Jesus laid down his life for you so you can trust him. Jesus wants to give you fullness of life. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never received the Lord as your shepherd. Do it today. Do it. Do it now. You say, Greg, how, how can Jesus be my shepherd? Look at these verses. John 1. I think we'll put them on the screen for you. John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is what you do. You want to become a child of God? You want the Lord to be your shepherd? You need to receive him you need to believe in his name. To believe in his name means to believe in who he said he was and what he said he's done for you. So have you received him? 
Have you believed? The Apostle Peter puts it in a slightly different way. Rather than talking about receiving and believing, Peter says in Acts 2, he was speaking to a great crowd, and he says, you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is another way of saying, how do you make Jesus, how do you make Jesus your Lord, your shepherd? You, you receive, you believe, but you repent. Repent simply means to turn around. You're kind of going in one direction. You're following your own ways, your own thoughts. And, and to repent means you turn from that and you start following God. You start following Jesus. You want his ways, his truth, his ways in, in your life. Have you repented? He says, be baptized in. In just a few moments, we're going to have a baptism where three young men are going to be baptized. And what they're doing is they're, they're signifying that the Lord is their shepherd. And we're going to celebrate that in, in just a few minutes. And Peter says, when you repent and you're baptized, that then you're forgiven of your sins. And you can also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you have the, God's presence, his spirit in your life to give you that identity to give you that power to live life. Is the Lord your shepherd? In fact, would you bow your heads with me right now? I want us to, to pray right now, and I want you to reflect right now. I'm asking every single person in this room right now, if you would, bow your head, and I'm asking you to either ask Jesus to be your shepherd, or if he already is your shepherd, to reaffirm that and to thank him that he is your shepherd. And I want you to just pray this prayer after me right now. Maybe just kind of whisper it. Maybe, maybe it's just in your own heart. Lord, I want you to be my shepherd. I receive you. I believe you. I turn from my way, and I want to live your way. I want to follow you, Lord Jesus. I receive you as my shepherd and king and Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I encourage you to let me know after the service or, or as we segue to baptism here in a few moments, we're going to have a time of response and singing where you can come to the altar and someone will, will pray with you here. But I want you to look at Psalm 23. And so David starts off and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's, that's where he has his identity. I'm, I'm the Lord's sheep. He, he, and, and then he goes on to talk about all the benefits, all the, all the benefits that come, what, you, what our shepherd does for us. Just look at this very briefly. In verse 2 he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He's talking about peace and a good night's sleep. Isn't that great? When you know the Lord is your shepherd, it gives you a sense of confidence. It gives you a sense of identity. And, and, and you can just have peace. Whatever's going on in life, whatever's going on in the world, you can have peace and a good night's sleep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I can lie down at night. And I, yes, I might be tired from the work of the day, but hopefully it's a good kind of tired where I'm physically exhausted and I'm ready for a good night's sleep. And hopefully it's not that kind of where I'm so stressed out and I'm so worried that I just lay in my bed all night long worrying about all these things, carrying all the burdens of the world on me. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I can hand off all these problems to him because he's a good, good father. He, he is my shepherd. 
and I find my identity in him and he'll take care of the world while I go to sleep here. He can have peace and a good night's sleep. He can have renewal. Verse 3, he refreshes my soul. Of course life is hard. Of course we get beat up. Of course we get weary. But my shepherd, he refreshes me. He refreshes. He renews my soul. He repairs my soul. He also says in verse 3, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Guidance. You see, when, when, when the Lord Jesus is your shepherd, you can have confidence that he is guiding you through life. You don't have to go through life. Oh, should I make this decision? Oh, should I make that decision? Oh, what if I make a mistake? Oh, my goodness, I have. And you're just always overwhelmed. No, you can go through life with your head up. You can go through life confidently because the Lord is your shepherd and he will guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he gives you the resources. He gives you scripture so that you can learn his truth that informs you to make better decisions. He gives you good Christian friends where you can have conversations about what is the best decision here. What path should I go? And he gives you his Holy Spirit. And as you pray and as you open up and as you meditate and, and you say, God, guide me, God, help me. He will show you the way. And we all make mistakes. We all make wrong decisions sometimes for all kinds of reasons. And when we do, you can have confidence that the Lord is your shepherd and he will not forsake you. He is more than able to get you back on the right path. So you can go through life confidently. Not full of anxiety and panic. And then he says in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I tell you, that's confidence right there. I will fear no evil. Go through a dark valley. Let the hard times come. I, I, I'm, I can have confidence because you are with me. You know, Hebrew scholars, they wrestle with exactly what this Hebrew phrase means here in Psalm 23. It, we used to translate it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But you'll notice that some of the more modern translations say that it's even though I walk through the darkest valley. It's, it's hard to know which way it should go. And actually, they're kind of the same or related, you know, that it, either way, David's talking about having no fear. I will have no fear because you are with me. He's talking about mental toughness, emotional strength, no panic. Why? Because you have confidence in his presence to get you through that dark valley. Even if that dark valley happens to be the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. When we were in Israel last time, Kobe, uh, our tour guide, he said that this, this phrase probably refers to David as he literally walked through the Kidron Valley with the Temple Mount on one side and the Mount of Olives on another. I've been there. I've walked right through the Kidron Valley. Some of you have done that with me. In fact, I'm going again in uh, this November. If you're interested in the Israel trip, let me know. And, uh, and so some of us have been right there in the Kidron Valley. And depending on the time of day and where the sun is, it, a lot of it can be in the shadows, in, the, in this dark valley. And, and then also, here's the Temple Mount, and up here is the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is, is a, an expansive mountainside, but part of it, a large part of it, is actually a cemetery. And it's one of the oldest, maybe even the oldest cemetery in the world. And, and there, there are thousands of people buried up there. And even in David's day, it was a, partly a cemetery. And, and, and perhaps our, our tour guide, Kobe, was saying, as David, as he was composing this psalm, this prayer, he was walking through 
the Kidron Valley, and he's maybe he's partly in the dark, and he's looking up at this all this death. It's a cemetery. And he's saying, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That's confidence. That's confidence. Maybe some of you today are going through a dark valley. Maybe you're even facing the valley of the shadow of death, or a loved one is. And, And it's hard, and it's tough. You need to know that the Lord is your shepherd, and he can guide you through, and he can help you face all the struggles that come, and he is with you. He is your good, good shepherd. And then in verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Even if you're surrounded by enemies, he's saying, who for some reason want to hurt you, people who just like to criticize you, people who like to put you down, people who, who won't let you in their little clique. And you could be so hurt by that, it could make you lack confidence, like, what's wrong with me? But he's saying you could still be anointed. Your cup can still overflow. You can have this fullness in your life, regardless of what they're doing out here. And then in verse 6, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My future, my immediate future, the rest of the days of this life, and my future into eternity. What does my future, what does your future look like? Surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. That's your future. Love and goodness will prevail. So, yes, I may be in a dark valley now, even the valley of the shadow of death. Yes, I may be going through struggles and problems right now, but the Lord is my shepherd. My victory is in Jesus' name. See, this is how you fight your battles. The song we just sang, and we're going to sing it again in a moment. This is how you fight your battles. You root your identity in Christ. The Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing in him, so you follow him and you trust him. You don't listen to the lies of this world. You follow him. You praise him. You focus on him. He is your victory. He is your hope. He is your confidence. He is your identity. This is how you fight your battles. Amen.